0: Well, for all you ding-dongs who wanted Dustin Pedroia stricken from the team, banished from the clubhouse, we've been telling you, you get a veteran player who's been with the team all his adult life. You keep him around as long as it makes sense. Even with the future Red Sox Hall of Famer injured, yes, he made a contribution to the biggest margin of victory win all year Wednesday night. He helped who? Michael Chavis, the kid's second baseman? Now, uh, Jackie Bradley, who's been looking like he has some sort of palsy lately at the plate? No, Uh, he helped Eduardo Rodriguez. Really, check out the big brain on Petey. We'll explain and break down a curb stomping of the Tigers. We'll do it next on Sox Daily. It's your daily Sox podcast. It's your daily Sox podcast.
1: It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your daily
0: Sox podcast. Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daddy Sox Podcast, and here's your host, Josh Lewis. That's more like it, guys. The Red Sox team we thought we'd see—not that nine and fifteen imposter—slogging through the muck. Red Sox eleven, Tigers four in a game for the ages. Wednesday night, the ages between five and nine. The uh, the last two innings, that was some um, but ugly baseball being played. But through the top of the eighth, it was actually a heck of a battle. Matt Barnes pitched out of a bases loaded jam when the go ahead man was at the plate for Detroit. The Red Sox then scored seven in the eighth. Yes, one more in one inning than in eighteen innings the day before. Tyler Thornburg did give three of those runs back in the ninth. But no matter, eleven of four in a game that felt way more like twenty eighteen than twenty nineteen. Let's get to it, and yes, part of the storyline, the admission of Erod, the baffling left-hander, that he had a new grip on his breaking ball that worked him some wonders, and that grip was taught to him by none other than Dustin Pedroia. Sounds like I made that one up, but no. Here is Erod after the game with the guys in the booth, and we'll let them... Take it from here,
1: okay, Joe and uh, Mario. Here with you, uh, Eddie.
0: Congratulations! You really had everything going tonight, and a really good changeup, right? Yeah, I mean, like I've been
1: working on uh, on that slider that you see today. I've been working on that. So I think as I get to the big league, and I feel like finally I got it. And I gotta say, I gotta say it. Thanks to Petey because uh, uh, it's funny because three days ago we was sitting on the bench, and he told me that you wanna see a nasty breaking ball, and I went like, Yeah, bro, show me. I've been battling with that, and. He showed me how to throw it. Today he's going to start throwing it, and I finally got one. Hey, Eddie, how about uh, the second inning tonight? The Red Sox scored a couple of early runs. They came on very
2: aggressive offensively. How important is that for a pitcher to get some early runs to work with to kind of settle in for a group, to a group because it seemed to do wonders for you?
1: I mean, that's something that I've been trying to do. So I get to the big leagues, and uh, and I've been learning from the from the rest of the starters, you know, like every time the, the team scores one, you gotta go out there and try to get three quick outs and get back to the dugout. You know what I mean? Well, when you had your great start, uh, the start before last, you threw all fastballs in the first inning. This time, you mixed it up and started to throw harder later, right? Yeah, I mean, like like I say, it depends like who are facing and how they how they how they look at when I when I throw. You know what I mean? And and I was having everything working today, so why not use it? You know what I mean?
2: Eddie Alex said uh, during spring training that he wants you to go deeper into games, and you were able to get through six innings in this ballgame tonight. Really the only trouble you had, the fifth inning with two on, but you got a couple of big punch-outs. Then the sixth inning, the first two men reached, but you allowed just the one run, limiting the damage. So it looks like you've taken a step in that regard as well.
1: Yeah, that's something that, I, that I'm that I'm looking to do since I got here, and finally I got an opportunity to do it, and I just want to keep doing it. Well, uh, Eddie, it's really something when the Pedro Martinez instructs you, isn't it, that you listen? I mean, always, always. Every time he's here, I go on a him, you know what I mean? I, even if they tell the, the, everybody, come, me, hey, that's your daddy here, it's your daddy here. And I tell them, yeah, it's my daddy. I got to go I gotta go everywhere he goes, you know what I mean? try to learn everything. A little, little teams, a big teams, I try to learn everything. Every time I go to bullpen and he's here, I text him in the morning, hey, I got to throw a bullpen today. And he say, what time are you going to throw? And I tell the time, and he's here. He showed the time. Every time, every time he's here, I've got to get something. I mean, a Hall of Famer, uh, really nice pitcher, really good pitcher, and what a, what, a, what a big guy to learn from, you know what I mean? Indeed, what a great mentor. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Eddie, great to see you doing so well. Thanks
1: so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
0: So back to Pedroia. Uh, this is the kind of thing I saw up close with David Wright with the Mets. Saw it with Cal Ripken a generation ago in Baltimore, matter of fact. Old horse knows the way, so saith the Cherokee. Uh, Supposedly, I have no connection myself to Cherokee Nation, but I get that saying. You're around enough, you learn some things. And guys like Wright, Ripken, Pedroya, organizational lifers, they step up and they step out and help the whole team get better, one guy at a time, sometimes way off the grid, sometimes when they're parked on the injured list. Digging into the Wednesday night game at Fenway, the calm before the storm as the B's and C's get ready for their next playoff rounds. The Red Sox needed a game like this. They really did. I mean, we we needed to hear dirty water. Because here it is almost May, and that anthem has rung out all of four times. The Red Sox are now 4-5 and at home, but with seven more home games in a row coming up and a a chance to strike up the Standells quite often. Night before Wednesday, you might remember, Game 2 of the doubleheader, the Sox were 1-12 for with runners in scoring position. This would not be a problem Wednesday night. In fact, they didn't really even need to hit with runners in scoring position. They just needed to take because Drew Verhagen could not throw strikes at all. I think Verhagen is Dutch for no idea where the strike zone is. 16 pitches, four strikes, three bases loaded walks. So in came Buck Farmer because Tank Ranch Hand wasn't available or Rip Lumberjack. Buck Farmer came in, and he wasn't that great either. And by the time it was over, seven in the bottom of the eighth for Boston. And the Tigers did get three back in the ninth. Eleven runs, twelve hits, no errors for the Sox. Four six and zero for the Tigers. As the Sox are now ten and fifteen, each member of the Red Sox starting lineup reached base multiple times. Everybody combining for ten walks, it's a season high. Five of them in that would not end eighth inning. And the Red Sox now ten and five when they allow six runs or fewer. And this would be one of those nights. And there are 10 games since, uh, well, April 14th. The starters now, a 3.16 ERA. That is second in the American League in that time. And the bullpen, my goodness, the bullpen. Brandon Workman struck out the side. Matt Barnes struck out the side. More on that in just a little bit. But this was the fifth Red Sox game in the last hundred years in which multiple Sox relievers struck out three in an inning or less than that. That's pretty rare, obviously. Pretty cool. 14 Tigers struck out in all. It's a single-game season high for Boston right now. And now you're looking at 11 or more strikeouts, five games straight. That ties a franchise record. Brandon Workman we mentioned. Great work. Uh, He's held opponents scoreless in 11 out of 12 appearances this year. He had one little wonky effort there in Tampa Bay, but that's it. Two hits in 41 batters' face this year. Take that all year long. And now Matt Barnes. Good gravy, Matt Barnes, who struck out 22 of the 43 batters he's faced, and he's allowed just three walks now. 51% of batters faced have struck out against Barnes. Two or more strikeouts in his last 11 relief outings in a row, dating back to last year. Got to go back to Calvin Schiraldi in the 80s for a run like that. Second pitcher to start a season with two or more strikeouts in each of his first 10 relief outings ever. Rorick Harrison of the 1973 Braves, only other guy to do it. He ended at 10, so we'll see if Matt Barnes can keep it up. As for the hitters, I'm sure you're very eager to hear how 11 runs came to pass. It was on 14, no, excuse me, 12 hits in this game. Got a little eager there. Uh, J.D. Martinez did have three of them, season high. Drove in his 12th run of the year. He now leads the Red Sox with 32 hits. He uh, had a, a weird double in this game, a ball that lodged in one of the nooks and or crannies had to be kicked out by uh, one of the umpires. And uh, it was kind of a weird, uncomfortable moment. But OK, part of a three hit game, 344 batting average now for J.D. This is after, by the way, a one for eight, four strikeout doubleheader the night before. He's hit safely in 23 of the Sox first 25 games. And we're tracking this back to 1908. The only other Red Sox to do that hit safely in 23 of 25 Shea Hillenbrand did it in 01, and uh, it happened once in the 60s as well, but that's it. So uh, major props, as the kids used to say, to J.D. Martinez. Mookie bets too. Well, let's give Mookie some love here, because all of a sudden, Mookie's getting on base a lot. It was 2-for-4 in this game with a double and a walk. He had a 397-foot double, as a matter of fact, off the green monster. And I know his OPS still isn't even 800. It is 6th best on the team Remember, it was second best in baseball last year, but that is five doubles, nine extra base hits now, three runs batted in his last three games, and the doubles just keep on coming. He leads the majors by a ton since the start of 2015. He's got 182 doubles. Nobody else has 165. Nick Markakis is his closest, but... He's been on base now 15 of his last 28 plate appearances, so I would say that Mookie is Mookie again, or at least getting there. Rafael Devers is doing this thing now that I don't know if everybody's noticing. He's walking a lot. He's up to 12 of those. That's a pace for 76 now. That would exactly double what he did last year. His on base percentage currently 365, and that will play. Jackie Bradley Jr., it's coming. It's coming along. Two-for-five game. Actually barreled up a couple of balls. He was... Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. by Jacoby Jones. He looked like he had another double in this game. It was robbed by the other center fielder. Michael Chavis on base four times, even though he didn't have a hit. He had three walks and an HBP, stole his first ever base. He continues to be a uh, burgeoning fan favorite now. And Christian Vasquez, where has this been? Another run batted in. As a matter of fact, two runs batted in in this game. He's got 13 now in 20 games this year. That is almost last year's total. In a quarter of the games played. And this actually ties a Red Sox record for runs batted in by a catcher before May. Four other Red Sox catchers have driven in 13 before May. A.J. Prezinski last to do it in 2014. And don't get on me. I know that the season began in March this year, so there's more to it this year. There's more volume, but it's not like Vasquez has caught every game and uh, A.J. Pruszynski in 14 was doing the preponderance of catching. Veritec. obviously, uh, years and years before that. Andrew Benintendi, he's been on base 16 of his last 17 games now. It's all coming together. See, Alex Cora talking about that after the game, talking about his starter first and foremost, Mr. Rodriguez.
2: Outstanding. Outstanding. uh, His last three, Um, stuff-wise, really good. Um, in command of the situation getting people out in the strike zone mixing up his pitches, location um, he, he's been good for us
1: You were saying that you really haven't had kind of one of those one-sided games that it really wasn't until you added on the 8th but just to be able to get a couple of guys off their feet in the ninth and not have to worry about a close finish how
2: good did that feel? No, it, it feels great, um, like I, I said Earlier today, you know, the, the line is moving. It's been moving since Tampa offensively. Um, you know, we're walking more. We're controlling the zone. It's just a matter of, you know, getting that big hit. And today, you know, we grinded. But, you know, you could see, you know, everybody got on base uh, more than once, I think it was. Uh, we walked ten times. We put good at-bats, and, and you know, it's good to see uh, Jackie today, you know, putting... Putting good swings on it and uh, from top to bottom it, it was it was a good effort. Alex when Eduardo's pitching like this today. Is he as good as any other process? I mean he he's good, you know, we, we know the stuff, everybody knows it. Um, velocity, location, the changeup. He actually threw a lot of sliders early in the game. Um, you know, he He's in command, and uh, you guys know I'm, I'm hard on him, but it, everybody is because we know how good he can be, and it's good to see him compete at this level this way, you know, and we expect him to, to do that. Um, every time he goes out there, uh, go deep into games and, and, uh, and dominate. Close
1: to the he hasn't given up any but it look pretty easy.
2: Yeah, I mean, and... and if you go back to the first two games, it was a, f- a few at-bats, and we all remember the at-bats. That's, that's you know, the, the bruise and, and the the, um, the home run in, in Oakland. It's just a few pitches that it's about managing the game, and uh, he's doing a good job with it now. What's the
1: advantage? Lucas. first two at-bats. He took pretty good pitches, uh ball behind the line. To, to call for three strikes, third at bat, a little
0: more aggressive approach, swinging at a good pitch first. is that more of what you
2: want to see that Yeah, receiver? I mean, and if it's a pitch that he feels he can handle, um, you know, with Ross, you know, this is the first time we seen him going cutter, slider, cutter, slider. He used to be sinker, so sometimes you just gain information. But um, you know, after the second at bat, he felt comfortable with him. and and was able to pick up spin and and the ball, and he put a good swing on it. And, you know, it seems like those two are starting to to get hot at the same time, um, which, you know, last year, I don't think it happened, you know, the three of them at the same time getting hot. You know, uh, Benny, Mookie, and and JD, It was most of the year was two. So it's it's cool to see the three swinging about well, and let's see where it takes us sliders added to Eddie's arsenal? It's, it's another pitch. Um, you know last year was a, a two pitch mix, staying away from the slider, but he he actually started working on it when uh, when he got hurt last year and started working with Chris and and work on it in the offseason during spring training and today he was able to to throw it. You know, that's a Right-handed dominant uh, line, lineup, and everybody's looking for the fastball and, and the change up in the outside of the plate, and for him to be able to expand the zone down and into righties, it was a good pitch for him tonight.
0: All right, so that's the skipper, and now we look forward. We look to the finale of the series Thursday night at Fenway. You know, the Red Sox are 10-10 and 10 when Chris Sale does not start. That's bizarre. Rick Porcello, though, has not won yet, and he will be on the mound. Rick Porcello now beardless. We'll see if that helps. He has shaved off the beard. You won't recognize him when he takes the mound. And when it says he's got a whip of 2.5, I don't think you will recognize that either. If he loses this game, he'd be 0-4. Remember, he was 22-4 just three years ago on the way to the Cy Young. Uh, ZRA right now, not very Cy Young-ish, 8.47. His mound opponent also struggling, Jordan Zimmerman. He just like Porcello 0-3. This is a guy who's got 94 career wins, 3.85 ERA. He's better than this. He's only struck out 19 batters in 28 innings. So it's the old something's got to give, 7-10 first pitch. You can hear it, of course, on WEEI. Anybody who's heard some uh, weird stuff in the background, if you've been listening real close, recording this with a dachshund on my lap. That is not a euphemism for anything. I'm not being gross. I'm not being pervy. There's literally a dog on my lap, and I'm, I'm trying uh, to, to keep him quiet. I think a couple times you might have heard a little whimper. You might have even heard a squeaky toy at some point. But Shmooley, good job, buddy. That's most of the podcast done, and you were about 80% a good boy. So I will, I will give you, uh, again, as the kids used to say, mad props. All right, Dachshund going off my lap, podcast ending. Music comes up. This has been Sox Daily.